Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today, I just want to take a moment and thank the National Peanut Board for their kind sponsorship of today's show and for all of their support over the years. Summer's almost here and planning has begun, but when you have food allergies, an extra layer of preparedness needs to take place. From grandmother's house to overseas exploration, food allergy educator, CEO, and founder of Equal Eats, Kyle Dine, will give us tips and tricks used by seasoned world travelers that can be used at home or abroad. Also, Kyle's going to give us some information about Equal Eats and his special restaurant cards. Welcome, Kyle. We're absolutely delighted to host you again back on Facts Roundtable podcast. It has been a while and now we're ready to travel. Yeah, a lot has happened since we last spoke. Uh, a lot of travel travel barriers have been lifted. So glad to be back. How are you? Doing fabulous. I'm excited for this podcast. I'm excited to get traveling. So this is going to be wonderful. But before we start, let's actually talk about you and your food allergies and what inspired you to launch Equal Eats. Sure. So my food allergies are peanut, tree nut, egg, fish, shellfish, and mustard. I've had those allergies all my life since the mid 80s. So I've been dealing with it for a while. And the inspiration to start Equal Eats is, is really for me trying to enjoy travel because I find when I was younger, travel, I was, I was a bit of a homebody and it wasn't something that I uh, was too gung-ho about. As I got older, I went on a trip backpacking across Europe and I remember it was Morocco where I had a lot of trouble just eating. I don't speak Arabic. I don't read Arabic. It was a beautiful country, but at the same time, I felt like I just couldn't experience to the fullest because of the limitations on, on food and not knowing what I was eating. Yeah, try, after, after that experience and having a reaction overseas, it really led me to wanting to help people better communicate their allergies when they are abroad. And, and that started equally. It's trying to create professional, high-quality translation cards that can really bridge the language barriers. Well, it's such a challenge just domestically. So when you think about going to a country where maybe you don't speak the language, this becomes life-saving information. I've had so many experiences where one of my allergens was forgotten just at a domestic restaurant because it wasn't in writing. So I think there's challenges, obviously, at home, but abroad, just conveying that information and conveying it in the language that they understand is vital. Now, looking at the restaurant cards, can you explain exactly what they are and then why they are so helpful when you're traveling, again, either domestically or outside of the country? 
I also noticed on your website that your cards aren't only for food allergies. I saw halal and diabetes. So if you can talk about those two, that would be fantastic. We really went heavy in the design phase of these cards. And we consulted with over 2,000 people to nail this design, which seems excessive. But I can tell you, everybody has their own way of communicating these dietary restrictions, whether it's allergy, halal, lactose intolerance. And we really want to get a perspective from everybody. And that, that includes not only the diner, but we talk to food service staff, waiters, waitresses, chefs, owners of restaurants, caterers. And we really brought everyone to the table to get a balance of what people want to tell and what food service staff need to hear. And through that process, we really found, you know, our design is put together. Every single element is there for a reason. And it's to alert staff of, A, what's the category here? Is this food allergy? Is it something else? A very strong statement, a bold statement saying what it is that you can't eat. Some details about, about that to actually just to go into some explanation in case they're not as aware of allergies to begin with or the condition. And then some examples of what that can be in. And that kind of triggers, okay, we're dealing with a, a peanut allergy here. So that can be in peanut butter. That can be in sauces, spreads, paste, chili, baked goods. So it kind of it triggers that. And then a strong call to action at the end where it asks, does it contain that allergen? And then we have an icon, you know, the big line through it. We have a statement talking about cross-contact, be aware of it. So, yeah, a lot went into it. And it's... It packs a big punch, that card. For a little tiny card right. and what it can do and how it can be life-saving, that is impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And we're always trying to to improve our cards. And our translation cards, they might not be the most aesthetically pleasing cards out there, but they have a function. And, and that's what's most important when you are dealing with language barriers is that, you know, we had chefs tell us, you know, cut the purple cut the colors. We just need the black and white info. So it's really designed to be effective. I think that's powerful when you're talking to the end user. I think as a startup and as a business owner who produces you know, a product, a lot of times companies have this great idea and they make this great product, but they're actually not working with those end users. And even though we're the consumer, that end user is the chef in that kitchen. And I think that's just powerful. And was it challenging to try to talk to food service professionals? Yes, because <laughs> they're busy. They're so busy and I respect how busy they are and making the time for me. But they found it fascinating because I would give them insight from the consumer side. Of, I would give them sample questions. Like, Here's what we received from, from the allergy community in terms of what they'd like to see on a card. Can you rate them? What would you like to hear and we had such a variety of just, you know, I have a peanut allergy to uh, peanuts are like a loaded gun for my child, which we did receive things like this from parents. And at the end of the day, it was just a resounding, we just want, I have a peanut allergy. We just need the facts. We don't need to know, you know, the level out of 10, how severe it is. We just need to know what it is and how we, we can then enact our process. That's impressive. Now, how many languages do the cards come in? So our database is about to break my computer, I find. <laughs> so we have 50 languages available. And uh, you can create a card where you can choose from almost 600 allergens now, which have been professionally translated. So 
600 times 50 uh, is my database right now. <laughs> it's, it's intense. That is amazing. Goodness. Yeah, it's a lot. And you know what? It's it's a lot because it's not just the time that went into it. It's, it's expense because we get every single word professionally translated, professionally proofread. And then we take this extra step, which is a little bit neurotic, but that's how I sleep at night. And that is we talk to a native speaker of that language. We show them that database and we ask them to give their final thoughts on it. Does this talk the talk? You know, this is obviously comes from a professional. That's great. And it's usually very accurate. But the changes that we receive on that last step are significant in terms of make sure this this really works in a food service setting with a 16 year old server. And, and that's really important to me. Okay, that's not being neurotic. That's actually being perfect in my book. Thank well, you. Hey, that's that's what we deserve as a community. I agree. Now, on the Equal Eats website, there's a video of you talking about Equal Eats, of course. But then in there, you mentioned having an allergic reaction in Europe. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, it was Valentine's Day. It was a, a date with my wife. We went to an ethnic restaurant, which I have my kind, kind of certain cuisines I stick to. This one was a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I thought, let's try. And when we went in, there was a significant language barrier, not only just I was in Slovenia, but it was someone who wasn't from even Slovenia. So there was a couple of layers of language barrier. And I communicated my food allergies on that night without a card. This was seven, eight years ago. And I got the standard overconfident, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. And it was kind of a red flag to me. I'm like, do you get it though? And it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Like we get nut allergies, nut allergies all the time. No problem, no problem, no problem. You know, my gut just said, okay, let's go with it, but I'm uneasy. And I got my meal and, you know, gave it a good look over and took a bite. And it, it was literally within 10 to 15 seconds that I knew that I was having an anaphylactic reaction. And it was, yeah, it was unexpected, but it was, it was very scary. And I just remember like for anybody that's had an anaphylactic reaction, there's so much focus that's on the physical, on what you feel, what are the signs, what are the symptoms, but it's what happens to me mentally and psychologically that I find really tough to deal with because I just remember my wife looking beautiful on a date, staring at me, talking about, I don't even, I have no idea because I'm somewhere else. I'm just focused on internalizing. What is this? Is this real? How bad is it? Thinking of a million things, you know, starting to feel a drop in blood pressure, starting to feel all of these things where I think the hardest thing to do in these situations is to actually speak up and say, I'm having a reaction. As much as we're taught, do it. It's tough to just press the panic button on this beautiful candlelit dinner. Sure enough, you know, EpiPens, ambulances, insurance later, that's what happened. But it was um, another just scary event that reminded me of how diligent you have to be and how much communication is vital in, in staying safe. That is like the perfect example of the importance of communication, right? Domestically, abroad, at school, at work, everywhere. It, it all falls to communication. That's what I'm constantly telling my kids. It's how you say it and that you're saying it. Yeah. And it's making sure not only that you're saying it, but it's received and it's received well. And because that is just one link on a chain 
And that next link is the chef. And if it's not getting to the chef correctly, uh, that broken link can have a real, real consequence. That's a great explanation. Now, given that you've traveled around the world more times than I have fingers and toes, <laughs> you really are quite the amazing traveler. What are your must-do travel prep tips? So if you can start with maybe just traveling domestically and then if you're going to go overseas. Yeah, and I'll, I'll start off by re- reiterating, I was not always like this. I was a homebody until I was about 21 and I went on exchange and it, it started the travel bug in me. And since then, I've traveled a lot, but I've learned a lot too. And just domestically, I found my preference, and everyone's different, but I really enjoy having my own kitchen. I do a lot of planning in advance of any trip to make sure I have places where I have a kitchen where I can create my own food and not rely solely on dining out. I enjoy dining out, but it's not something I want to do every single night. So I do a lot of Airbnbs, and through that, I've discovered that you never know what you're going to get in terms of a kitchen setup. And even just to have someone else's dishes, you know, to each their own. But I personally like to even bring my own sponge where I have a clean sponge with me. So I at least know that's not going to, that hasn't been used for anything else. Confession, we do the same thing. I actually have my own little frying pan. We have our own soap. We have our own sponge. We have a whole little kit. Yeah, exactly. And that that provides some peace of mind just so you're prepared for any type of kitchen that you're dealing with. And then, yeah, I I have kind of my usual chains that I feel comfortable with that I'm sure we all do as we travel around our own country and state. So I I stick to places that I know I don't get too adventurous with food when I'm traveling. It's not my time to experiment. It's my time to enjoy other things, the beauty of, of travel and culture and all of that. Now let's turn our attention on how to stay prepared for an emergency. You experienced one. What tips do you have for listeners? Preparation is, again, key. I think all my answers revolve around preparation. But with an emergency, you just want to make sure that you thought it through. And it's something that you don't really want to think through in advance. But in reality, it's thinking through what happens if. And stage one, if I had an allergic reaction right now, who am I with? Do they know how to use my epinephrine? Do they know where it is? Sometimes I'm with people that might not even know I have allergies because it's a larger group. So this is really important that you're thinking through who you're with. Do they know how to use it, where it is? Do you have insurance for that next step? For some of us with calling an ambulance, it's important that we have insurance for any type of emergency, especially when traveling. Especially when traveling, do you know the emergency number of the country you're in? This is not 911 everywhere in the world. So this is crucial to know, like in Europe, it's 112 and it's 999 in places in 000. So that's essential, knowing your nearest hospital, essentially just having a plan, thinking through that worst case scenario, and hopefully you'll never have to use it. Exactly. We hope nobody has to use it. I was just going to say, and, and we, we actually created a resource, an emergency card that can help people communicate in an emergency where it's very very general. It doesn't go into diagnosing what's going on, but it's meant for anyone to call for emergency help. So it says, I'm having a medical emergency. I need help immediately. Please call emergency services. And then it gets emergency services coming to you, which is most important. And then we have this nifty little QR code on the back. So you scan that and then someone can actually get that message 
in 50 different languages right there on their phone so they can understand what, that you need help. That is amazing. I think we should be carrying this domestically because how many times you're in a restaurant and you are speaking with someone who English is a second language and so much can get lost in translation. That is brilliant. It's it's handy where if someone can just scan it, like all of a sudden I'm just showing on the screen a card in Arabic. And that was just from scanning a QR code and pressing Arabic. So it's, it's a very universal resource that can, you know, is a staple in my passport case. <laughs> that to me seems like one of the perfect graduation gifts. I have a graduation on my mind. We're in graduation time. But what a great gift to give a high schooler or a college student because they're going to be moving out, study abroad, traveling abroad, just moving around the country. How fantastic is that? Now, just turning back to domestic travel, when I travel, I have a car bag. You know, I mentioned before we go to staying in hotels or or somewhere I bring my own kitchen items. But in my car bag, I carry like wipes and Ziplocs and plasticware and always extra rescue medications and smartphone battery packs and things like this. What do you pack when you take a road trip? Snacks. So many delicious snacks. And that gets me excited. When you miss out on some cuisine and foods and things when you do travel, I try to focus on that I have prepared some really amazing things that I probably wouldn't have at home that makes the trip a little extra special. Whether I'm baking some cookies in advance or, you know, getting some candy that that my family likes, we just try to add these little extras. And then we always make sandwiches. Sandwiches are a big staple for us because they will tide us over for a while if we don't find some place that we're comfortable with. And we make really good sandwiches that we get excited about. Otherwise, obviously, epinephrine. I'm, I've always got extra and I've got asthma. So I've got my puffers to make sure that they're renewed. But other than that, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say I'm that organized. Uh, that's, that's my little secret that I kind of, we always have a, a mentality that They'll have it when we get there and that will be okay. And that's kind of the the nice thing about travel too, is that you have to leave some spontaneity as well to know that there will be things that we can find in a grocery store and there will be Kleenex and things that we will be able to buy if we do forget it. So I never want to have like a barrier in my mind to say, oh, I'm not prepared enough, prepared for my allergies, but also I know that I'll be okay wherever we land. Those are great tips. I never thought about that. The extra special cookie or making the sandwich just amazing, getting the lunch meat that you never buy. That is absolutely brilliant. We are huge road trip people in this family. And then especially for parents like me with kids in college, there's a lot of driving back and forth. Absolutely. I just think about like when we eat licorice, I'm such a red licorice guy, but it is for trips. It is like trip food and it makes us all excited. It's licorice day. We're on an airplane. (laughs) I love it. Well, our time is coming to an end here. So do you have any last minute tips you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? Yeah, absolutely. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. And I think overall, I would just advise and encourage people that it's doable. Travel is completely doable. And I think about, you know, if you frame it as, yes, it's a different environment and that's intimidating, but you can control your environment inside a new environment. There's a lot of things you can control and you can go to different places knowing that you've got your safe food, knowing that you have your epinephrine, knowing that you're you've done research on safe places to eat and you've asked for recommendations. 
from others. But at the end of the day, it's a new environment, but it's completely manageable when you think through it and you have things under control. So I would say, yeah, don't be intimidated. Make sure that you take it slow, do your research, but ultimately it's really healthy to see the world and expand your your viewpoints and horizons. And, and if you do, yeah, let us know how it went and share with our community. There's so many great tips and advice out there. Thank you so much, Kyle. And listeners, I agree. Take pictures this summer. Tag us, tag Kyle. I'll make sure I put all our social media information in the show notes so you can follow us. But it inspires me when I see people sending pictures of their student in Madrid and people in Morocco and all sorts of places. So please do that. And again, Kyle, thank you so much for your time. I know you are just ridiculously busy. And so we appreciate you giving time to us. Uh, It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, I just want to take a moment to say thank you once again to the National Peanut Board for sponsoring today's highly informative show. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.